In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. What if, with the right mindset, anything is possible? Join us now and find out how. It's time for the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Join us as successful life coach Marla Tabaka is here to inspire you and her clients to explore, discover, and live your dreams by developing what she calls the Million Dollar Mindset. Today, Marla is here to inspire you to take action on your dreams and reveal secrets to success that will help you realize your own unique power with the Million Dollar Mindset. Today, she'll share heartwarming stories, teach you tips and tricks to building a successful business, plus how to unlock the secrets to creating a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset. And now, here's your host, Marla Tabaka. And welcome here on this wonderful, wonderful Monday. We're going to talk about true million dollar mindset today because we're talking communication. Communication is a key to success. We all know that. We're going to have a really fun show. So put your seatbelts on and listen about, listen to this. Now, these New York City prosecutors brought their vibrant personalities and quick wit from the courtroom to the classroom when they ditched their practice of law to turn into serious entrepreneurs. They were former study partners in law school and united to become the founders and managing partners of Lawyer Up, where they actually teach law students how to become lawyers. So these two straight-talking lawyers specialize in breaking down tough legal concepts into tasty bite-sized pieces without all that legal jargon. So it's only natural that after years of success with Lawyer Up and tutoring law students, that they would turn their attention to a book, to writing a fabulous book that will teach us how to talk to your lawyer, a straight-talking guide to minimize that the legal bills and maximize your own power so how tasty is that little nugget i think we've all had a time in our life and if you haven't you're lucky where we've thought okay how do i say this how do i get this guy to listen to me so that i get what i want and that's one of the things we're going to talk to today so today we have allura nanos and michelle celio and they are both former students of the New York Law School and former prosecutors. Welcome to the show, ladies. Thanks so much, Thank Marla. you. That was wonderful. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You're just so, ex- I'm just so excited to have you guys here. But let me get this right, okay, ladies? So, so here you are, your study partners for school. And Allura, you, you come out of school and eventually land what, you know, people might call the brass ring of jobs. And, and what? You turn around, you get yourself fired. Michelle, you got this great job, and you turn around and quit. What's up with this, ladies? What happened? <laughs> you know, the thing is, you know, when you're in law school, um, and even when you're not in law, school i think we're we're conditioned to to believe that um a big fancy corporate job with fancy offices and wonderful secretaries and lots of money really is you know the best that it could possibly be and um you know michelle and i were were happy to get those kind of jobs 
um, after working as prosecutors. And, you know, as I know for myself, as I sat there every day, um, I really was just unhappy. I was completely unfulfilled by the job. And the atmosphere, the work environment was so negative that, um, I mean, it just really wasn't for me. And, and, I mean, clearly that's why I got fired. I was never, I, I was just, my heart was never in the job. Um, I don't think I did a terrible job, but I, I think that it was just kind of obvious from the start that it wasn't for me. Mm. I think once, uh, I think that, that uh, shared experience of this being a hellish job was something that Laura and I definitely bonded over when, when we did land our corporate jobs. And when that happened to Alora, it was only a matter of time before I left as well. Because I was in counseling her over this job loss, I kind of, it was difficult for me as a friend to say, well, go get another one because it was an awful job. Oh, and then yeah. I, 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 I was unhappy as well. And we were just, you know, together trying to figure out a way that we could, we could, um, make it while not having to do this corporate thing. And I know that for me, um, you know, being unhappy with my career path, it was just not something I was ever going to sign up for. I went to school for too long, and I spent too much money, and I spent too much effort um, to come out of it at the end and have a career that didn't make me happy every day. That was just never something I even suspected would ever be my reality. So in a way, it was really easy because having the job that I hated was so obvious that it was the wrong thing, that clearly whatever was the most opposite to that had to be the right thing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'll tell you, from the life coach perspective, uh, I have to say that it's amazing that you discovered that on your own and you realized, wow, I need to do something about this and I have the power to do something about this. You know, Mm -hmm. a lot of people think this is it. I've spent all this money. I'm hanging in there. Is this a, a common reality for attorneys, you know, or no. law students as they get out of school. Yeah, that 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 uh, they feel trapped oh, by yeah. by the degree. I, I think Michelle Michelle and I will will agree on the point that um, almost every attorney I know that um, that I graduated with or that I you know I know professionally, almost every one of them has said to us at one time or another, "I wish I could just give my degree back and give mm-hmm. the debt back and and not do this anymore." And, wow. and it's really sure. sad because it's not that they've decided that they hate the law. Um, but, but the job of being a lawyer is a relatively negative job. There are some people who really love it, and that's great. Um, but there are so many downsides of that job, and so many people go into it um, not really knowing what to expect, that people do wind up feeling very trapped by it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would imagine. I, I recall I had a client at one time, this was a number of years back, who was a litigator for something like 13 years. And, and she finally said, you know what, I've got to do something where everybody, both parties on both sides want the same outcome. And she yeah. went into real estate law because mm-hmm. she got tired of the fighting. So Absolutely. it is a reality. I mean, when you think about it, you know, um, anyone that has the type of job where they see their clients on their client's worst day has the potential really to be under incredible stress. And when you're dealing with people in very stressful times and then they have to pay you for being there during those very stressful times, it, it has the makings of an awful relationship. <laughs> I never I mean, thought of it that way. You know, it's like the ultimate lose-lose relationship, even if oh, the lawyer does a great job. Yeah, like, oh, I, I did it. You're divorced. Great. It, it, nobody wants to hear that. 
Yeah, right, right. It doesn't have the same kind of, you know, it doesn't have that ring of of success or or, uh, compromise or anything Or accomplishment. Or accomplishment. It doesn't feel like that. Yeah, yeah, you're right, because oftentimes um, in any kind of legal dispute, really, somebody comes out, both parties come out feeling like the loser, because you end up in yeah. debt either way, win or lose, right? And, and I've, I've been in situations with clients where um, where my client really did come out as close to a winner as, as they could be, and they were still unhappy because mm-hmm. they had to pay me. Mm-hmm. Because they always felt like they should have won anyway, because they were right in some way, which sometimes is true. But they still have to pay the legal bills, which kind of doesn't—it just doesn't feel good. Mm-mm. I always find it curious, though, that doctors don't have the same. <laughs> it's not the same thing. I shouldn't have been sick mm-hmm. anyway. Damn it! <laughs> yeah, no, you never have a client go. You know, you never have a patient go to a doctor. The doctor, you know, you get yourself sick because you didn't take care of yourself. The doctor cures you, and then you get pissed off at the doctor. That doesn't happen. <laughs> I don't know why. You're so right. That is, it should, that is, damn it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's interesting to hear this from the, the other side of the table, the, the, the other perspective, because, you know, coming from the perspective of the client, you know, you, you always wonder why it's so expensive or why attorneys just don't give you the straight dope, you know, what's going on there. But you're right, this this can be perceived as a lose-lose situation no matter what the outcome and that is does have to be tough for the it is it's very very frustrating yeah and you guys did something about it which is the really exciting piece we did and you know um one of the things that you said marla really um really rings true i think to both of us in that people often do feel like they paid their lawyer and they didn't get what they wanted out of it, or they feel frustrated because they're getting some kind of a runaround, overly vague answer from their lawyer. And that's really why we wrote How to Talk to Your Lawyer, to, you know, to really kind of clear up why do lawyers do that on some hands. And then on the other hand, what can you do as a client to really not be frustrated when you walk away from that relationship? Right, right, absolutely. So, so let's talk about some of that because those are all such valid points. And, you know, until, let's face it, law is not something the average Joe researches or knows much about until they're in the unfortunate situation where all of a sudden, real quick, bam, overnight in many instances, they need to find it. Expert in in the, law, the arena of law. So I had a um, a client at one time say to me, um, "You know what? I I've decided I need a divorce, and I'm going to go home and pick up the yellow pages tonight and find a, a divorce lawyer." <laughs> and- <laughs> And I was, you know, you can imagine on the other end of the the phone being your coach. I'm like, no, you don't want to do that. But we've got, you know, less than two minutes to break. So uh, until we take a break here, but so real quick, can you kind of tell us what's the best way to go about finding the appropriate lawyer? Oh, geez. Well, (laughs) that's so easy. you have to know what it is that you're looking for. You know, you won't know if you found it unless you actually know what you're looking for. And just finding the first lawyer whose name you happen to see on the side of a bus um, really isn't necessarily the way to go about things. Yeah. In two minutes, I have to say that that's the wrong way to go. Mm -hmm. And the other wrong way is the, the yellow pages. I mean, you know, you can find, there are things that you can find in the Yellow Pages, mm-hmm. um, and there are plenty of good lawyers in there. The thing is, you know, there's lots of different kinds of lawyers, there's lots of different practice areas, and there's a lot of different personality styles. Um, and really, you need to know what it is that you're hiring the person to do 
and then what kind of person you want to hire, just like you would do with any other area of your life. Mm. You know, you wouldn't just pick the first carpenter. You wouldn't pick the first babysitter. You wouldn't pick the first housekeeper that you saw. It, it's really no different. It's a consumer service, and you should be in charge of what you're purchasing. Yeah. And so do we have, I, I don't even know if these are the right words, you know, the right, shall I say, to call up an attorney and ask mm-hmm. for five minutes of his or her time to talk to them, interview them, if you will? Absolutely. And if they say no, I mean, certainly they may say no, but why would you ever want to work with somebody that would say no to that? Yeah. Yeah, I, for real. I mean, I wouldn't want to hire anybody that, that didn't want to work to convince me that they were the right choice, not for a lawyer, not for anybody else. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And so we do. And I think that's a mistake, you know, that, that I see my clients and, and friends, and I've probably made myself too, um, is assuming that we're not in the driver's seat. So we're going to go into break. We'll be right back with Lawyer Ups, Ilero Nanos, and Michelle Cilio in just a minute. Unlocking the secrets in you to create a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marlon Tabaka. And we'll be right back after these. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for you to be a rock star. Get ready to rock with Rock Talk and Craig Deswalt and learn how to achieve rock star status in your industry every Tuesday afternoon at 2, 1 Central on Toginet.com. Craig Deswalt is the creator of the Rock Star System for Success. Craig will share easy tips and strategies on how entrepreneurs and businesses can use outside-the-box marketing strategies to stand out from the competition. Each high-energy show will feature interviews with celebrity rock stars as well as business rock stars. For more on Craig, the show, and the Rockstar Marketing Boot Camps, check out the website, CraigDuswalt.com, so you can learn how to be perceived as an expert and celebrity in your field, so more people come to you to buy your services and products. Then, get ready to be a rock star with Rock Talk and Craig Duswalt. Tuesday afternoons at 2, 1 Central on Togginet.com. Hello everybody, this is Pete Dix asking if you'll join me on Beatles and Beyond on this radio station. What a show I've got in store for you. Not only all the Apple reissues that I'll be looking at, some very rare tracks indeed, a report on my evening watching and listening to Neil Innes of the Ruttles and the Bonzo Dog Doodah Band. So please join me, Pete Dix, with Beatles and Beyond on this radio station. Welcome back to the Million Dollar Mindset. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it all starts with attitude, and Marla is here to help. It's the Million Dollar Mindset on Toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Marla Tabaka. And I'm happy to be here today with the law world's leading edutainers, attorneys Alura Nanyas and Michelle Cilio are here telling us, teaching us how to talk to our lawyers so that, you know, our lawyers listen and so that we hear them because it is a two-way street, right, guys, this communication thing. It is, it is. And, you know, we, as, as lawyers ourselves, on one hand, we totally understand why people are so frustrated because um, we, we actually had the, had the 
rare uh, ability to remain regular people after becoming <laughs> lawyers. So we do understand why people are so frustrated. But on the other hand, sometimes lawyers are getting a bad rap for something that's really not their fault. So I, I think it is a two-way street, and I think that there's ways that everyone can really improve. Not that we want to defend them. Because yeah, there are a lot of creeps out there, and we understand why. Some are lawyers and some are not. <laughs> some are lawyers and some are not. And we understand why they get their reputation. I mean, um, you know, uh, generally speaking, they can be uh, very short with their clients. They do speak that lawyer jargon. And um, a lot of people really feel kind of intimidated by their attorneys because, I don't know, I guess they feel like they're the great and powerful Oz, and um, people don't want to... Um, go to that initial meeting with their attorneys and reveal their ignorance of the law. And I don't understand why. I don't really, as an attorney, I never really expected my clients to know much about the law because why would a person know about the law? Just like I don't really know much about uh, construction. And, and I'm very happy to reveal that ignorance to a professional, you know. So I think that um, when people come at an attorney uh, relationship or come into a relationship with their attorney and they have that mindset where they feel that the attorney is all-knowing and they should have known, you know, something yeah. that, that would have avoided this relationship or this, this problem, um, they're already coming from a place of feeling inferior, and that just does not foster a good relationship with the attorney or with anybody. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just and and it's really it it sets up the initial dynamic in a way that just doesn't work. And and it is a complicated thing, I think, because most attorneys will tell you that the one thing that they hate about practicing law is their client. Mm-hmm. Which is, I mean, it sounds awful, right? You know, and as a client, you know, you must be thinking, I mean, I have to pay. Yeah, a horrible thing. I got to pay 400 bucks an hour and then the attorney doesn't even like me. I mean, it it sounds awful. But the reason why that happens is that the clients often do things to thwart the relationship and to create roadblocks that just don't need to be there. Things that they're not even aware of. Right. And and it really comes from sometimes, just working against the attorney. You know, for example, the attorney says something, the client doesn't really understand what the lawyer meant, but the client keeps their mouth shut because they feel somehow intimidated to speak up and say, I don't know what that word means, mm. or I don't know what that contract means. And, you know, if you have, a, if you hired your lawyer to protect your interests and to draft, you know, language and documents for you, if you can't understand what the person is doing, then then hire somebody else that you can understand what they're doing because, you know, part of the job of being a lawyer and representing somebody is making sure that your client knows what you're doing on their behalf. Right. And some people are really great at explaining and some people are not really great at explaining. And, you know, you have to create the kind of uh, conversation where it works. You know, where, where you're comfortable saying what you want and what you expect and what you need and what you understand and what you don't. And really, a good lawyer should be someone who is good at explaining things to you. Right, right. And that's, you know, I think, you know, from the client's perspective, going in and talking to the attorney can freak you out because even if you don't understand it and you feel like you have the right to gain that clarity, you're thinking, at 400 bucks an hour, I think I'm just going to stay in the dark here. Sure, sure. And and honestly, like, that's the type of thing right there. Um, those are the kind of tips that we that we included in our book to really make it uh, not a kind of vague, you know, get in, you know, just, just 
just getting into the right mindset. It, it's more than that. It's getting into the right mindset and giving readers specific tools to use when talking to their lawyer. So, for example, if if you know an attorney did something for you, like uh, drafting a will or drafting a contract or something, and then the you know you paid them for the service, and then you know it required them to explain to you what they did for an hour, you probably shouldn't be paying extra for the hour-long explanation. That should be something that's included in the price of the drafting. Mm. Um, and if they do it, you know, they explain it, and you don't really get it, they have to explain it again, um, you know, again, you probably really shouldn't be paying for that. Or at least you should know up front if that's part of the deal or not. And, you know, you should feel comfortable as a client to go into the relationship knowing what you'll be paying for, why you'll be paying for it, what the lawyer is doing, because honestly no one wants the relationship um, to end where the client walks away and says, I just paid five grand and I really feel like my lawyer didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. Which you do hear a lot. We, I mean, people, Michelle and I are in a great position because, you know, we're go-betweens between regular people and lawyers. And because of that unique kind of perspective we have, people are very comfortable to tell us how they really feel about their lawyers. And probably the most common uh, comment that we hear is, I paid my lawyer and he didn't do anything. And I'll bet you that 99% of the time that's not true. The attorney did do something. The client just doesn't know what it is. Right, right, because you're not getting the breakdown. Yeah, and you're just not – a lot of people hire lawyers. They don't really understand why they're hiring them. Because oh. I've, I've had clients where, um, you know, the person has paid me for my time. I've told them what I think they should do about whatever their situation is. They ignore my advice. They come back to me again. I tell them the same advice again, charge them for that call. Then they ignore me again. Then they come back a third time. You know, and, and it creates this round robin of um, where the client feels frustrated because they haven't really gotten like anything that they feel that they can sink their teeth into. But at the same time, the lawyer has done their best. And, and it is a very frustrating situation. So we've tried to create, um, uh, in our book, we've tried to create uh, templates and lists and things that you can really hold on to and read and say, I'm going to say this when I go into my lawyer, and I'm going to understand how to be equipped to be a good client. Wow, that's such a good idea because, you know, in, in most of these cases, we're in the dark as clients. This is the first time we've been in our entire lives, we've been in this situation and we walk in and we're clueless. Mm-hmm. And so having that guideline could just be so valuable and in the end save tons of money, right? Absolutely, sure. yeah. absolutely. We've even included in the book a top 10 list of the 10 things that bad clients do. and. Well- as we went through, we, we actually, you know, we, we talked to a lot of different lawyers, so it's not just our opinion. And, um, you know, and it's amazing how everybody said the same thing. All the lawyers we spoke to had the same complaints. And a lot of them are things that clients have no idea that they're doing. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, that just the knowledge of, you know, what are you doing, maybe unwittingly, that is really killing the relationship and making it more expensive and less productive. If you knew what those things were, you'd not do them. You know, but they're not necessarily intuitive. They're things that you kind of need to understand what's happening on the other side of that desk. Yeah. I think we've pushed some hot buttons uh, with our producer here today. (laughs) (laughs) Jill, I'm calling you out here, Jill. Um, Jill wants to know why attorneys can't charge for the job rather than by the hour like they do. They can. They do. Okay. 
part of now when we're talking about billing, and we do we again have another chapter on billing. And boy, am I so excited about this book. Um, (laughs) (laughs) We have a chapter about billing, and that is part of the relationship that needs to be pushed right out front. And it's something that you can negotiate with your attorney for. Um, You need to be able to talk to your attorney about the way that you want to structure the billing. And if you want a job, uh, you want to pay your attorney per job, you have to find the attorney that will be willing to do it. And I'm not saying that they all are, and I'm not saying that none of them are. There, there is an attorney out there that's willing to do to get paid per job. But here's the thing that you're going to expect um, from that attorney. He's going to do the job, and he's going to just ask you to pay him for that job. He's, but he's not going to answer all of your phone calls. Mm-hmm. And spend a lot of time um, holding have, your hand, holding your hand, having you in the office, a lot of that. Because what he's trying to do is be as efficient as he possibly can be. I, that doesn't mean that he that he's going to do a bad job. By Absolutely the way. Absolutely not. And it may it may well mean that the attorney that you met with and that you initially hired isn't even going to do the work. It may mean that that person is going to delegate your job to a paralegal or some other professional. And again, that is not necessarily a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it depends, of course, on what it is you hired them to do. So, for example, if I hired a lawyer to file a, an incorporation document, that's the type of thing that as long as it gets done, I really don't care how it gets right. done. As long as it gets done, you know, by the date I needed it to be done. It's not the kind of thing that I would care whether an attorney did it or whether his paralegal did it, as long as it got, got done correctly. And um, it's not something that really should require, you know, three hours of hand-holding. But you know, that's the kind of thing that a client who is very new to the game might well expect all kinds of phone conferences and letters and emails and might really drive the lawyer crazy. Um, and if that's what, you know, if that's what it's going to take to keep that client satisfied, that client really is the appropriate one to pay by the hour. You should really think about what it is that you want from the attorney and, um, how you want to manage the relationship. No, so if I was having, if like Laura said, if it was like a, a transactional issue, it's a, something on paper, I don't really care who's doing it, that's fine. You know, I'm willing to pay by the job. I don't need this guy you know, to, to be on the phone with me 24 hours a day. But if it's a very complex lawsuit, you know, and it's emotional and it's it's changing yeah. day by day. I, I'm going to want to be able to spend some time with that guy. Or if, it's, if, I'm, if I'm a defendant in a criminal case, you know, um, I'm going to need to talk to that guy, you know, and I need, I'm going to need my hand held. And in those cases, you, you know, you're a little bit more willing to part with a dollar. And, and um, these days, there are, you know, the, the traditional three fee structures that lawyers use are um, flat fees, you know, where you pay by the job, and that would be like for a real estate closing or drafting a contract. And then there's, um, uh, you know, contingency fees where, you know, you only pay the lawyer if you get money. And then there's hourly retainers. And those are like the traditional three ways that you can pay a lawyer. But now as a society, we have become much savvier as consumers. Mm -hmm. And um, some great things have grown out of that. And one of those things is that now there are more options. There are hybrids of these three traditional fee structures. And our book does talk about some of the options that people have. But, you know, the lawyers are not going to spend two hours explaining to you all the possibilities. So it's certainly the kind of thing that you may want to research ahead of time before you go to that first meeting and say, you know, I think this fee structure might really work for me, where I pay a flat fee uh, up to a certain point, and then after that I pay hourly or so, you know, something along those lines. Okay, so um, we're going to go into a break in, in a few seconds. Tell us the name of your book. 
It's called How to Talk to Your it. Lawyer. And it's being published by Right Brain Ventures, and you'll be able to get it on our website at letslawyerup.com. And it's being published, you say, so does that mean it's not released yet? It is not released yet. It will be available in about six weeks. Oh, how exciting. Okay, (laughs) we're going into break. We'll be right back. Unlocking the secrets in you to create a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marlon Tabaka. And we'll be right back after these. Get ready for the Not-So-Soccer Mom Tuesday afternoons at 1 Eastern, noon Central on Toginet with Jill Hickey. You name it, from politics to pop culture to Jill's search for the perfect bronzer and chicken salad. The Not-So-Soccer Mom will weigh in on it all. The sentence, I have no opinion about that, is one that Jill has never uttered. Everybody In the early 90s, Jill finally decided to put her thoughts, opinions, mom advice, love of pop culture, hummus, and Starbucks, working out, cosmetic shopping, and politics into an actual website, and thus NotSoSoccerMom.com was born. Shortly after her fourth child, a boy, Jerome, now she's really got tons of topics to share with you. This is Laugh Out Loud Funny, and we're not kidding. What's a loud Nebraska girl who lived in Little Rock for many years and now is up in the Northeast doing, chronicling her opinions on everything? The wheels aren't off yet, but it's close. It's the Not-So-Soccer Mom with Jill Hickey. Tuesday afternoons at 1 Eastern, noon Central on toginet.com. Believe in your fairy tale to make your zing come true. I love it. Debbie Glickman and Deanna Cohen know it. Join these soul sisters on toginet.com. Believe in your fairy tale to make your zing come true. Showcases two sides. One, to help entrepreneurs showcase their products and tell their story of their happily ever after. And two, to interview people who have realized their own fairy tale and doing something to benefit others. This show is here to help folks who have an idea and want to get it off the ground, as well as to inspire people to make the world a better place by doing something extraordinary or out of the box to help others. Both of these entrepreneurs have their own businesses and websites. With more information on their passions and successes, first for Debbie, Fairy Tale. Wishesinc.com and for Diana, the next big zing.com. Believe in your fairy tale to make your zing come true with the Soul Sisters, Debbie Glickman and Diana Cohen on Toginet.com. Welcome back to the Million Dollar Mindset. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it all starts with attitude, and Marla is here to help. It's the Million Dollar Mindset on Toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Marlon Tabaka. And so, you, you know a law student. Make sure that they visit letslawyerup.com because that is in New York City. Right, guys? This is exclusive to New York City, your business? Nope, uh, no, not exclusive to New York City. New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania. But we offer okay. uh, services across the country by video conference and telephone. Beautiful. So no matter where you are, you guys, if you're out there, you're in law school, your son's in law school, what have you, let's lawyer up dot com and you can go there in just six short weeks to uh to get a copy of this book. Now is this is this uh ladies an ebook or is it a hardcover book or what? No, it's what a paperback. A paperback book. Love it. You can hold it and feel it and smell it and love it. (laughs) Oh, good. I love that. 
smell that fresh off the print smell. <laughs> oh, how fabulous. I'm so excited for you. Um, so, so you sit down, you write this book. How did you, how did you even come up with this idea? We were approached, actually, by the publisher to write this book at a women's business conference. And, uh, you know, we had a, well, sort of a professional relationship with this person. She thought, you know, I have this really great concept for a series of books, how to talk to your professional. And I think you guys would be really great at writing it. And she was right because <laughs> it, um, it really kind of just flowed out of us. It was really an experience that happened in over two days. We got a bulk of the writing done, and um, it was a really great experience. It really was. And, you know, um, someone else asked us to write this book after meeting us, um, but the the content of the book is all, are all things that Michelle and I have been saying for years and years. Uh, we've had this conversation with people over and over and over, and um, the book it has been wonderful for us because it's a way of us saying, you know, I'm sorry that I can't be there to talk to you for every one of the, you know, for this conversation every day, but you can buy this book and you can you can have that conversation with me by reading the book because we we've dealt with a lot of business owners, particularly women business owners, who have the same concerns time after time. How do I know I need an attorney? Where do I get one? How do I find one? Um, why do lawyers always talk that way? And, um, you know, the book really is our way of saying, you know, there are answers to these questions. The answers are in easy-to-digest language. So let me just tell you this. And, and, you know, you can refer back to it so that when I walk away, um, you know, you don't feel frustrated that you didn't write down everything I said. Yeah, yeah. And you guys, did you just, let me just make sure I heard you right. You got the bulk of this content out in how long? Well, it's in two days. <laughs> Michelle, how did, now, how did you do that? that? You know, having said that, it, you know, this is not a novel, so it's not like we were, you know, we, this was creative writing done over two days. Um, and much of the book um, is content that, like I said, Michelle and I have been doing public speaking for years. So we've been saying this stuff for a very long time, and it really was just a matter of getting it out on paper. Yeah. But let me say this, though. My friend and I have a very uh, productive relationship, and what we do well together is we produce. That's true. So when the two of us, you know, sit down to get something done, it gets done. That's true. I mean, if you think about it, um, you know, back when we were study partners in law school, two days was a very long time. Yeah. Um, Two days. Two days was enough time for Michelle and I to go from knowing nothing at all about constitutional law or the history of the Constitution to being, I don't mean experts like, you know, uh, like famous law professors, but experts enough in constitutional law to get an A-plus on an exam. And wow. that, took, that took only two days. So um, when we're together, you know, we're powerhouse when we're together. <laughs> I'll bet you are. I can tell. And so, so this was a lot. This was kind of akin to being in law school again for you guys in some ways, huh? In, in, well, if law school was super fun. Yeah. <laughs> which it isn't. Yeah, which it is. Um, so it was a fun process. Good. It really, really was. Uh, you know, to be able to spend time with my best friend and business partner and, and get down on paper conversations that we've had over and over again and, and then do something that is going to ultimately be very, very helpful uh, was very fun and, and sort of a, a, 
a joy to do. It really was because Michelle and I, um, because of, of the nature of our business and because I think of the nature of our personalities, we're often in situations where wonderful people come up to us and meet us and ask us questions that we really wish we could address at, at length. And, um, you know, having the faces of people like that in mind when, when we were writing this book um, was really helpful. And to know that, you know, I just wish somebody would know this so that they didn't waste their money or so that they didn't walk away from a lawyer-client meeting feeling annoyed and frustrated. Um, you know, having the ability to write that in a book and, and really hope that it works for people um, really was, was very motivating for us. Um, Michelle and I created our business out of a wish to create a kind of help that wasn't there for us. And I think this book is the same. It's a kind of help that, that really isn't there for a lot of people, and now it is in our book. And, um, you know, and, and that's really motivating for us to know that there's a need and that we can fill the need. Um, I, I think that that's, that's really it gives us a lot of fire. Mm-hmm. It really is an extension of your business, even though it's, it's addressing an entirely different audience than the law student. Um, and I, I love that because it is just about translation and communication and understanding and learning. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, yeah. So, so one of the things that you hear a lot about people when when they're working with an attorney is, um, you know, I I. I forked over this huge retainer, this $5,000 retainer, and it was gone in weeks, but I have no clue what he or she did. Um, How often should an attorney be supplying you with the breakdown of what's been going on, ideally? We do have another template in our book that helps. uh, (laughs) (laughs) You guys are template crazy. I love it. (laughs) We thought of everything. (laughs) You did. Oh, my goodness. Um, Well, you know, at your your initial meeting with your attorney, you should have with you sort of a worksheet that's going to lay out um, what you've spoken about at that meeting, what you're going to do in between the, um, the meet, that initial meeting and the next meeting. So you should always have another meeting with your attorney uh-huh. calendared uh-huh. and at least on this worksheet so that from meeting to meeting, you'll know what your attorney said that he was going to do, you'll know what you were supposed to do, and you know when you're going to have you know, another time, point in time to meet up and discuss what was done. Because, again, I think that's another frustration for clients who have that feeling, I don't even know what he's doing. Well, did you remember what he said he was going to do? And did you know what you were hiring him to do in the first place? I mean, I really think that that's, that's a big problem, right, because very often people hire, and it's not just lawyers, people hire professionals in general mm-hmm. to, um, to do things, and they actually don't know what the professionals are doing. And, um, you know, legal services are not the kind of thing that it's appropriate to be an ostrich about. Um, you know, one of the ways that you can find out what your lawyer is doing, you know, for example, let's say you're getting divorced and you hire an attorney to handle your divorce. Well, you need to know what that means. Um, you know, you know that at the end result you won't be married anymore, but you might not know exactly what the attorney is doing to effectuate that divorce. So how do you figure that out? Well, that's a great place to use the Internet. You can go on legal sites and find out what the job of a lawyer is. That's also a great place to call in a favor from a friend who's a lawyer. So, like, this is the kind of favor that's not a big favor. You know, your college roommate is an attorney. You call her up and you say, when I hire a divorce lawyer, what exactly does the attorney do? That's the kind of help 
where your friend who's a lawyer won't mind giving you a half an hour or an hour of their time because there's like no strings attached. You know, she can say, well, first they'll do this and then they'll do that and then they'll do this. And no matter what kind of lawyer your friend happens to be, you can bet that they'll probably know what an attorney does in another practice area. And and they'll be able to explain it to you. So that's actually a really good use of a, of a connection that you know. And then if you don't have those resources or you're not comfortable with them, um, you know, you can always just ask the lawyer you're hiring if you trust them. You know, well, what will you be doing? And I've never, ever had a client ask me that question. Mm-hmm. Wow. No matter what kind of, uh, you know, matter I was handling for them, I've never had a client say to me, what are you going to do? Most clients are, are, of course, understandably so focused on what the impact will be to them yes. that they really don't think about what the service is that they're, you know, that they're uh, paying for. So, I mean, if you think about it, if you hired a carpenter to redo your basement, um, it probably, you probably wouldn't go into it and say, in the end, I just want to be able to watch TV in my basement. I mean, you would ask the carpenter, mm-hmm. you know, like, what are you doing? <laughs> so the, the, there's the frustration, though, because with a carpenter, as, you know, when he guts the basement, you can see he gutted the basement. What's the right. legal equivalent of that? Who, you know, you really would have to know what the process is. And I think that there's not a lot of people out there who want to know or who think that they want to know until mm-hmm. they feel that nothing's happened. Right, right. right. You know, so right. I think right up front, that should be a question that you ask right up front. And the answer is probably not as confusing as you think. You know, I mean, because I, you know, to my my close friends who I handle legal matters for, I can say to them, um, you know, I'm going to download a bunch of templates and then I'm going to fill your name in and then I'm going to send them to the Secretary of State and I'm going to get a a stamped copy back and I'm going to make sure it gets handled and that's really what I'm going to do. You know, or or yeah. I'm going to call the other lawyer and I'm going to have a big fight with her, and then I'm going to tell her what you want, and then we're going to fight some more, and then I'm going to get you what you want. <laughs> <laughs> Is that really what it usually looks like, or do you say that it's going to be a big fight, and then behind the scenes it's all lovey dovey? Oh, oh no, it's not lovey dovey. <laughs> not lovey dovey. <laughs> not I so always much. try to make it be lovey dovey too. Yeah. And it doesn't work. No, I I shouldn't say never. It depends on what kind of a matter it is. You know, if it's like a real estate transaction, then it can be lovey-dovey. That's not adversarial. Right. But if it's an adversarial situation, um, lawyers tend to to come into things with their feathers ruffled to begin with. Wow. Except, I will say, Michelle and I were both prosecutors. In that situation, when you would think people would be the most (laughs) aggressive, right, when people's lives are literally on the line, that is the one time that people do not go into it with their feathers ruffled. That is the one time when, when lawyers tend to feel like they're very much all on the same team, um, which sounds really odd, right? Yeah, it yeah, but does. I think in, in that circumstance, at least for me, I, the, the big, mean facts were sort of um, undisputable. Yeah, that, yeah, sometimes that's why, because the, you know, the situation is what it is. I think in criminal cases, or Michelle and I were civil prosecutors in family court, the, the difference there was, you know, I represented New York City, and Michelle represented New York City, and my adversary, the other attorney, represented some deadbeat. Okay. <laughs> Very often it was some dead. <laughs> you so, know what, Allure and Michelle, hold that thought for just a minute. Yeah. We're going into another okay. break already. I can't <laughs> believe how fast this time is flying. <laughs> <laughs>
unlocking the secrets in you to create a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marlon Tabaka. And we'll be right back after these. The Multi-Ethnic Church with Mark DeMoss, Thursday afternoons at 1, noon central, is a show that passionately addresses the question, if the kingdom of heaven is not segregated, then why on earth is your local church? They call us Yes, increasingly, our diverse population and the diverse families it's producing is reshaping the face of the local church as people are beginning to recognize the power and beauty of walking, working, and worshiping God together with others of different backgrounds. How can your church overcome the obstacles, and why should you even try? Join a live chat with guests from around the country and the world to learn the effectiveness of churches in the 21st century beyond race and class distinction. This show has its pulse on what it will take for the church to find real reconciliation in our generation. So tune in for the Multi-Ethnic Church with Mark DeMoss, Thursday afternoons at 1, noon central, here on Toginet.com. Innovation and insight, problems and solutions, capitalizing on your ideas and efforts. That's all a part of Changing the World One Invention at a Time with Rick Rowe. Thursday evenings at 6, 5 central on Toginet.com. Rick will be sharing stories of innovation, invention, inspiration, and overcoming obstacles with guests who have been there, done that, and are doing that. Rick will be asking the right questions, helping you identify the real problems, and showing you how to act on your ideas by increasing consumer confidence, and more importantly, increasing your confidence to act on your ideas. For even more information, go to thinktech, that's T-E-K, globally.com. Then join us as Rick and his guest teaches how to develop new ideas and create new products, new businesses, new jobs. And together, let's get our economy growing again. It's changing the world one invention at a time with author and inventor Rick Rowe. Thursday evenings at 6, 5 central on toginet.com. Welcome back to the Million Dollar Mindset. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it all starts with attitude, and Marla is here to help. It's the Million Dollar Mindset on Toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Marla Tabaka. Welcome back for the last segment of this really fun show, enlightening us on uh, how to communicate with attorneys, the right questions to ask, and where you can get some phenomenal templates to use for your meetings and, and your law experience. We're here with Michelle Cilio and Laura Nanos. Welcome to the show, ladies. I'm just having such a blast with you here. And tell us once again where and when we can pick up a copy of that book, because everybody wants it, including our producer. <laughs> That's wonderful. Uh, it'll be available definitely on our website, which is letslawyerup.com, um, and that's probably the best place to go and get it. Just go right to our site at letslawyerup.com, and it should be available um, probably about six to eight weeks. And while you're there, check okay. our blog right, out. So that's right, yes. For more, for more of uh, more inside legal information, we do have a blog that um, gives some legal insight for uh, regular people who want to know about the law, so you see that on our website as well. Oh, that's interesting. Do you do any um, question and answer kinds of things there? You know, we haven't yet, um, but I would love to. Yeah, if anybody wanted to drop a comment on some of our posts, we would love to um, respond in any way. Yeah, wonderful, wonderful. Okay, and that's on letslawyerup.com, folks. So take advantage of that offer while you can. (laughs) Because after the book is published. 
published, I don't think it's going to be standing much longer. (laughs) (laughs) So you were telling a story about both of you being prosecutors for the city of New York. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and, you know, we were talking about, um, you had asked, you know, behind the scenes are the lawyers really all like getting along and they're just doing that blustering and arguing for show. Um, and the truth is that most of the time, I think that particularly with civil law, um, you know, law that, that the outcome has to do with money, most of the time I've found that lawyers really are kind of antagonistic with each other. Not every time, not in every case, but very often there's this initial kind of barrier. Um, but when it comes to things that are seemingly much more dramatic, like criminal cases, um, Michelle and I litigated child abuse cases, and um, in that situation, you know, I represented the city of New York, as did Michelle, and my adversary, the other lawyer, represented some deadbeat mm-hmm. that was, like, beating up their kid or not paying child support or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And in that situation, I guess because the, the stakes were so dramatic that I didn't really identify with my own client. In other words, I was able to say, no, my job is to represent the city, but that doesn't mean that that I am the city of New York. And the same went for for the other lawyer. They were representing someone's legal interest, but that doesn't mean that they were indistinguishable from who their client was. And I think that being able to separate yourself from your own client is actually very helpful in getting along better. Because if I had gone to a defense lawyer and said, look, we have a very strong case against your client. What do you want to do? I really think you should make a deal. That person trusted me personally and would take that advice and know that I wasn't doing it as a, as like a tactic, you know? Yeah. Um, I, that was, that was my experience in handling that kind of law. But I think both Michelle and I had a different experience when we worked for large law firms. It was very different. There was very much a, a feeling of, um, you know, having to bluster and having to and having to argue and be antagonistic from the get-go. You know, I think that there, there's something to be said for that's what your client's paying for, you know, yes. in the civil end, that a lot of private clients want a shark yes. of an attorney, and the attorney's putting on as big a show as they possibly can in order to make the, the client feel better about the money that they're spending. And, and I'll tell you, you know, one of the, one of the most interesting things um, that I've learned in the past two years, I, I don't handle a lot of legal cases anymore, um, but I do sometimes handle matters for friends and family, and I always go into it really trying uh, to be nice, trying to get along, and I, I do go into it with that attitude like, I'm going to lay my cards out and, and do what we can that's best for both people. And and. I found that it doesn't necessarily work. Mm-hmm. Um, I was handling a divorce case for somebody that I, I called up the other the other attorney and I said, "Look, I think we both know that this is very simple. I think we could get this taken care of by the end of the week. Um, we can make it not cost either of our clients very much money." And it turned into an absolute circus of a legal battle because the other attorney refused to make it simple. And um, it was very frustrating for me because I really wanted it to be simple and cheap. You know, my favorite part about that story, which is that what Allure is leaving out, which is, first of all, part of Allure's speech to the other side was, this is not something that is I do every day. So I'm going to do the, the easiest, quickest, cleanest job I possibly can for both myself and my client. Okay, so and that's going to work in your favor, Mr. Adversary, because you're going to be able to get this, this job finished and off the table. The adversary proceeds to tell Allura, you know what? I am on board with you. I'm not going to fight with you over pots and pans. Mm-hmm. And re- reiterates this over and over and over again, how this pro- attorney is not going to fight about pots and pans. No, no. And proceeds to fight about instead one laptop <laughs> for, 
Proceed to fight about a laptop for, I, it ultimately it ended up taking a year and costing both sides over $15,000. Over oh a laptop. Like, it was just, laptop. okay, so fine. You're not going to fight about pots and pans. You're going to make the same ridiculous argument about some other item, household item. And, and that is, again, because the attorney promised a big fight to his client, and then a big fight, you know, he proceeded to have. I think that as clients, while, especially when you're dealing with an emotional issue like divorce, you initially want some kind of a tiger, some kind of like a real aggressive um, representation because you just want to get back at the other side. I, I think that you need to sleep on that idea for a little while because that um, is fodder for, I hate to say overbilling, but it's fodder for overbilling. It is. Yeah. And, and, and not only that, you know, the thing is in life, people who are ultra aggressive, um, I don't want to say aggressive, but ultra argumentative, um, you know, usually you don't want to work with these people in any other arena, but yet people, clients are willing to say that they do want an ultra-aggressive type when it comes to something legal. And I understand why, because it's a battle, but that doesn't really mean that that's the best way to go. I mean, I think that the most common thing, feedback I've gotten about why I was good at being a prosecutor was not because I was ultra-aggressive, but because I was very easy to talk to. I think that a lot of people are wrong when they say, oh, you know what, you love to argue, you'd be a great lawyer. A great lawyer is someone who likes to settle. You know, who, who, yeah, who, a great lawyer is somebody who can see things creatively and can help people get what, right. what everyone wants and to walk away feeling satisfied. Right. Yeah, and so how, okay, let's say I'm getting a divorce and I'm talking to a lawyer. How am I going to be able to tell how argumentative or aggressive this lawyer is going to be? Well, first of all, you have to think about the personality of the person you want to hire. In other words, this attorney is representing you. You need to think about that word representation right. in, a, in the, its most real sense. This is you in court. Mm-hmm. So who do you want to be in court? And, then, and, and what is really the most important thing to you? Do you want to get out of this marriage right away? Or do you want to, to um, you know, just fight about things that are going to wind up costing you way a lot more money. And then, you know, you need to, you, need, you can get cues from how the person's personality appears, but, I mean, the, the best way to know what an attorney's personality, you know, courtroom personality or representation personality is, is to call past clients, call friends who've hired lawyers, and maybe even spend a half an hour and drop by the courthouse and see what the person's like in court. Yeah, what you want to do is call the uh, oh. Supreme Court in your county and find out when the motion day is. Every court's got a day that they hear arguments on motions, and that's when you hear the attorneys uh, really kind of strutting their stuff and scope out the attorney that you think most fits your personality. Now, the other thing is, is when it comes to things like divorce, look, the bottom line is you're ending a marriage. Not wanting to end the marriage is not going to make your legal bills less. So once you've finally decided that the marriage needs to end, you want to get to that end as fast as possible. And same thing, you know, with any kind of real dispute. If the dispute ends in ending either a corporation or a partnership or whatever it may be, um, you know, it's important, it's important to do things as effectively as possible. And the other thing is, you know, it's important to be honest with yourself. If what you really need is a therapist, go to a therapist. Yeah. Yes. Lawyers are lousy therapists. Mm-hmm. And they're also way, way more expensive than even the best therapist. So, I mean, it's a losing battle to pay $400 an hour and hope that your lawyer is going to make you feel better. 
Uh, I'm not minimizing the need to feel better, but just go to somebody who that you know who has that job and has that skill set. You know, I actually represented children in a, in a divorce um, at one time where the mom fired her attorney and hired a different attorney just because she she felt that the attorney that she originally hired didn't get. Well, she, I want to say she didn't get things done, and, and we were going back to that complaint that, that clients have that the attorneys didn't do anything. But the bottom line was that that attorney, and I was there to witness it, was more responding to her adversary than she was to her client. And so when the adversary would bring up issues, this woman would always take, this female attorney would always take sort of the defensive and go back at him, and her client just wanted this thing to be over where her client might have been a little bit more willing to settle on certain things. She just wanted to go back at the adversarial attorney. So she fired that attorney and hired someone else who was known for his settlement skills, and she was able to get out of the marriage uh, with a fraction of the price that she paid for the original attorney. And it was one of the smartest things I thought this woman did. She was just like, you know what, For, for half the price of this original attorney, I got out of this marriage nice and quick. Wow, a little education can go a long way. Oh, yeah. Amazing. Well, you know, something I'm really paying attention to here is, is you know, the analogies and the common language, if you will, that both of you are using in such a skillful way. I can see why you're awesome in the tutoring arena as well. Tell us just, we have about a minute left here. Tell us a little bit more about your tutoring so that anyone listening will know if they need it or not. Well- what we do, thanks so much, Marla, really, and, and you hit the nail right on the head. What we do is we understand what it's like to be coming into law school. It is a completely new educational environment. It requires a completely new set of skills, and we are there to help the transition from college to law school. We break the law down in very easy, understandable pieces. We give all of our students a really comprehensive, structured study system that if they follow that system, they will do well, and that's really the name of the game in law school. So, you know, we make it enjoyable, we make it useful, we make it easy to follow, and the students who work with us not only enjoy it, but come out really doing well in school. So anyone who needs help, um, you know, anywhere in the country in law school, check out our website at letslawyerup.com. We offer a whole array of services, um, everything from tutoring to webinars, seminars, document review, you name it, we help in all different ways. And, um, and, and what we'll do is we'll get you good grades in school. Wow. Can't ask for more than that when you're spending all that money to go to law school. That's right. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, Laura and Michelle, thank you so much for being here today. Uh, you just don't know how much I appreciate it. And this was just a fun and informative show. I learned a lot today. So visit these ladies at letslawyerup.com. Make sure you pick up a copy of that book because you never know what the future is going to bring, right? <laughs> we'll see you all next week on the Million Dollar Mindset. Thanks for joining us today. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you for being a part of the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka from Toginet. If you've always known there was more out there for you, but you just weren't sure how to get there, and if you've always